afternoon. Rob Port here on WDAY. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. we got a busy show. Uh, we may have Congressman Kevin Kramer calling in here on the first part of the show. Uh, there's a letter the editor uh, claiming uh, there was a there was a demonstration by Planned Parenthood supporters outside of his office uh, over the weekend. Oh, uh, speak of the devil. We got him. Uh, Congressman Kevin Kramer on with me right now. And as I was introducing the topic, there's there's a letter to the editor. Um, a, a group of Planned Parenthood supporters uh, were outside of Co- uh, Congressman Kramer's uh, Fargo office. Uh, they allege one of the I, I guess one of the participants alleges in, in this letter to the Fargo Forum uh, that they uh, were threatened with arrest. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm reading now from the letter. Representative Kevin Kramer is an elected official in a representative democracy whose salary, about $174,000 a year, is paid by North Dakota taxpayers. On his website, he says, I value all feedback from North Dakotans. I am here to serve you, and so is my staff, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, she goes on, on March 24th, about 30 middle-class white women in pink T-shirts, as non-threatening a group of protesters as you could find, brought a petition to that office uh, during its stated hours, signed by hundreds of North Dakota citizens who depend on Planned Parenthood for basic women's health care. Um, uh, in a video, uh, two polite women can be seen approaching the building uh, only to be physically uh, blocked by police officers who tell them they will be arrested if they enter. Uh, the police say it's private property, and the property owner uh, has asked that any demonstrators be arrested for trespassing, even for parking in their representative's parking lot. Uh, this may seem like a small thing, but the very aggression of the response to a small, polite group of citizens with slightly dissenting opinions is deeply troubling. As Gandhi said, the non-beginning of a thing is supreme wisdom. Kevin, what happened? Uh, well, I don't know. I wasn't there, nor did anybody from Planned Parenthood or anybody else call to make an appointment uh, to deliver anything. Uh, I'm, I'm the easiest member of Congress to get in touch with, so um, in fact, I... I asked my state director to write up uh, her recollection of everything that that occurred last week. One of the things she told me is that somebody did call uh, earlier in the week. Her name was Brianna. Um, when when uh, she asked if she could make an appointment, actually she asked if if our office in Fargo was staffed, and she said it is, and it is. We have one person there, and sometimes a part time uh, intern. Um, but if if she wanted to deliver something, if you know, best to make an appointment, of course, and we'd get names uh, and, and whatnot, because obviously, uh, it's a, first of all, it's private property. I, we rent it from a, a private owner. Uh, it's not a it's not a federal building. And um, anyway, when this when my state director asked Brianna for her last name, she hung up on her. So that's 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 what happened with regard to trying to make an appointment to come and see us. And the interesting thing about the video, Rob, that it should be quite disturbing to a lot of people is that. And those people had been in in the building. My office is in the building. It's, it, it, there's a hallway. You know, it's a common hallway. Um, they'd been in the building. They saw the sign on the door that uh, it was during the noon hour, I might add. Uh, the sign on the door said, we're closed because, of course, the person that's there has had appointments outside of the office, uh, not uncommon for noon hour. And um, so they'd been in there, and so had the WDAY television reporter been in there and seen the sign. So the video that they staged outside uh, denying them access, of course, was, was much later, uh, evidently, in the event that, for whatever reason, caused caused them to not be allowed access into the building. They knew the office was closed, and they were also told that they could slip the petitions under the, under the door if they'd like. Um, I will tell you that my state director did call Brianna back when she hung up, 
and uh, left a voicemail and said, if you, you know, she didn't know why, what the reason for losing, losing the connection was. And she said, if she'd like to make an appointment, uh, she could. And, uh, she said she would be available on Monday. And this Brianna said, uh, well, I'll see Monday whether, whether or not I want to make an appointment. That obviously didn't fit their, their little scheme. And Rob, the bottom line is, look, if they, I don't mind that people oppose me. I don't mind that they rally your protest. As you know, I, I rather enjoy it. Um, but one thing that just seems to be the new mode of operation for the Democratic Party in America, and it's certainly splashing in North Dakota, is play victim. Always be a victim. That that seems to be where their strength comes from, and it's so dim- diminishing to their cause, in my view. So anyway, but that that's what happened, and we've got it all written up and, and, and uh, lots of witnesses to, to testify to it. What was the issue with the police? Because in, in the video, I mean, there were officers mm-hmm. there who were basically saying, right. you know, and, and, and the officers, by the way, handled it professionally i mean they're just they're doing their jobs they're not on anybody's side you know they're just they're just cops doing their job so but they were there and and they said they said uh you know you you basically you're not you know you're not allowed up here kind of were giving them some you know where they could be and where they could not be why were the police there i mean who called them yeah the evidently the owner of the building i've not talked to him but evidently the owner of the building when he saw there there must have been some media reports or something that that they were going to do something there and it's of course it's an office building there are lots of other businesses in there there's a there's a daycare a child care in there and, and um so evidently the the uh, the owner asked uh, informed police that this is private property and that any rally or protest should be conducted on the you know on the public areas just like you would at any other private building and so that's evidently that's what they were there we we certainly didn't um ask for them to be there because we they didn't inform us that they were coming nor was anybody from our staff um at the uh at the office on friday they had other things outside the office friday afternoon what do you make of their call i mean obviously they're they're saying that that you're trying to deny women their health care and everything else by opposing funding for planned parenthood what's your response to their petition well i haven't seen the petition but they, in, when it comes to Planned Parenthood, I don't think it's any secret that Planned Parenthood is a uh, is an abortion provider. And while the, um, the facilities in more the facility in Moorhead, Minnesota, does not do abortions, their organization is largely that. And so, what we did in the bill that we didn't bring up and vote on last week um, was we had a, uh, a provision in there that organizations of a certain size that perform abortions would not be eligible for Medicaid dollars. And instead, we steered those any Medicaid dollars toward um, federally qualified health centers that don't provide abortions, which, by the way, there are 20 for every one Planned Parenthood clinic. So really, it would be providing um, much, much more women's health services than Planned Parenthood does. But, but this issue of Planned Parenthood and this issue of the, the right to to have an abortion is just so emotional to, to some people um, that they sort of want to skew the skew the argument sometimes. And I, by the way, I don't even mind that discussion. I don't even mind that argument. I'm happy to listen to them. Uh, I have a pretty strong conviction about it. I suspect they do as well. But again, at least be truthful about what you're doing. I mean, go into a building, see the sign on my door, come back out, wait, you know, wait wait for the protest to start or whatever they did, and then try to enter it again and pretend that um, somehow they don't have access to the building is just you know, and by the way, to not call and make an appointment, Rob. I mean, it's not hard to get into any of my offices. In fact, I hold mobile office hours besides the town halls. My staff runs up, they go all over the state holding mobile office hours to make themselves more available to people. Um, but that doesn't mean they work singularly for whatever person wants to see them at whatever time of day in whatever place they so choose. 
Well, Kevin, I appreciate your time, and you're usually on with us on Wednesdays, so I guess we'll talk with you then uh, for an open phone segment, and we can have people call in and ask you questions about this or anything else. And uh, thanks for your time. I just wanted to make sure to get your side of of this particular issue. I appreciate it, Rob. Thank you. That's Congressman Kevin Kramer. More to come straight ahead on The Rob Report. Don't go away. That it'll be fine. You can't make everybody happy all of the time. Welcome back, Rob Report, WDAY, 701-293-9000, Good afternoon, Natil. Good afternoon, Mr. Rob Port. We kind of dove right into it there. Well, uh, we didn't co- have much of a choice. We had, we had a very really important the, topic to talk about. <laughs> we had to get the congressman on. Well, I, he, he, he was landing his plane. You know, I'd, I'd seen this letter of the editor pop up. It was a pretty serious accusation. I wanted to get... His side of it, at least, you know, I guess, believe him or not, I wanted to hear his side and, and what he had to say about what happened. And uh, we had to kind of fit it in. He was in an airport. Uh, his plane had just landed. He didn't. At first, he told me no. And then uh, he, he texted me. He said, I've just landed. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll try to find a place to do the call from. So and Kev's usually pretty good about that. Like him or like him or hate him. Kev's uh, Kev's accessible. Well, speaking of well, like him or hate him, you've got another guest coming up that's going to be that's going to well, Craig Cobb, yes, yeah, coming up here at the bottom of the hour. We're going to talk with him. Um, obviously, hugely controversial figure for a host of excellent reasons. He has alleged that his building in Nome burned down because of arson. We're going to ask him why he feels that way. Um, and I wanted to give him uh, a chance to talk. I think sometimes people like Mr. Cobb, we all like to talk about them. We don't spend a lot of time talking to them. Uh, he is. He has. He holds some political and social views that I find repugnant. But I'm willing to give him his his say, his two cents. So we'll uh, we'll have him coming up here at uh, one next segment, one what well, one thirty five, I think about right around there. Yeah, one forty ish. Yeah, stay tuned. So stay stay tuned for that. We'll do that. Oh, uh, by the way, in uh, completely unrelated news, Governor Doug Burgum issuing his first veto. I believe it's his first veto. I don't think. I think this is his very first ever veto of legislation um until remember remember uh under under governor dalrymple towards the end of his term he created some controversy because he gave out around a hundred thousand dollars worth of bonuses to some staff staff that he wanted to stick around and yeah yeah was, that was, was a little bit muddy that was their argument right that was his argument i mean the bonuses were pretty big i mean for some of them we're talking about five figure bonuses and his argument was i have a lot of important work left to do uh, but these are career-minded people, and so I needed some incentive to keep them working in my administration to the end because, obviously, they know their boss isn't running for another term. They're all out looking for new jobs, um, you know, because they're human beings and they got to make a living. Uh, so he gave them some pretty big bonuses. That created some controversy. Coming into this session, lawmakers introduced, and it's actually sponsored by uh, Representative Jeff Delzer, Republican from Underwood. Uh, co-sponsor was House Majority Leader Al Carlson. Uh, they sponsored House Bill 1153, which essentially would have capped bonuses uh, to staff at $5,000. Um, now, what we actually interviewed Governor Burgum on this show back in January. He called the legislation, quote, a natural reaction, unquote, to the uh, controversy under uh, under Dalrymple. But he also said that it amounted to micromanaging. Uh, he called it little handcuffs. 
Uh, and it, it sort of ran contrary to his goal of making state government more flexible by, by allowing more flexibility in his budgets. That's actually something I wrote about today. I didn't know he was going to veto this, but I actually wrote about that today where he, you know, wanting, you know, he wants lawmakers not to put, you know, so many con- not to budget so thoroughly, right? He wants more flexibility in how agencies spend their money, which is a whole other debate. But anyway, House Bill 1153, it passed in the state House 91 to 1. It passed in the state Senate 36 to 10. But today, Burgum vetoed it. Uh, he says, I quote, he said in the veto statement, which when the governor vetoes something, he has to send a statement to, uh, in this instance, Speaker of the House, Larry Ballou, Republican from Minot, uh, he said in his statement, I quote, the proposed restrictions upon this administration set forth, set forth in House Bill 1153 serve no constructive purpose. This bill violates the constitutional exercise of executive authority to manage state agencies and to carefully budget appropriated resources. For these reasons, I have vetoed House Bill 1153. So that happened. Um, now I guess the question is, does the legislature override him? Because... It takes just a two-thirds vote in each house of the legislature to override a veto. And the bill already has that level of support in the House and the Senate. And you also have, remember, this is the legislature that Burgum sort of campaigned against last year, right? Remember, he called them the good old boys club and everything else. Well, here you have an instance where the legislature is saying, hey, we didn't like the size of the bonuses that were handed out by the last governor, so we're going to try to put in law a cap on those bonuses. Here's the governor saying, no, I don't believe a cap is is right. Uh, I think it's an intrusion upon uh, the authority of, of, of the executive branch of office. And so what's the legislature now going to say? Are they going to say, well, watch this, Mr. Governor? I guess we're going to find out, although I, I find myself siding with, with Governor Burgum in this. Mostly because I feel like he's right. Um, I feel like if if the governor hands out bonuses that we don't like, then we can hold that governor accountable, right? I mean, all the money is on the table. It's all transparent. We all know where it's at. So I, I guess the situation is, do we really need the legislature micromanaging the governor, right? Saying that if you have some salary, and, and by the way, when Dalrymple did it with the bonuses, it was, I guess it was money from savings that they had found elsewhere. They didn't fill some positions or something like that. So they had the money in their budget. It's not like they went over and above what the legislature had appropriated for the governor's budget. Um, and I guess I generally feel that way about this. If, if, if the governor, I feel like the governor should be allowed to make personnel decisions in his office. If he wants to hand out some bonuses, that's his business. And if we find those bonuses are too large or whatever, we can all criticize the governor and make our feelings known at the ballot box if need be. So I say just leave it at that. I think I think Bergam was right to veto this, but I have a feeling the legislature might override him. It's going to be interesting to watch. Craig Cobb, coming up next. I think you're probably going to want to listen to this. We'll be right back. This is The Rob Report. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be right back. Don't go away.
Welcome back. Rob Report, WDAY, 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com, or you can send me tweets, too, on Twitter, at Rob Port. My guest right now is Craig Cobb, who probably doesn't need any introduction in this region. Craig, you make a lot of headlines, most recently because a building owned by you, a, a church building, burned down in Nome. You've alleged that... Uh, You've alleged that it was the result of arson. Uh, yeah, but first of all, thanks. Thank you for your time. Um, I don't agree with very many of your views at all. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't think you and I have a lot in common politically, Craig. But I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk, especially because you were uh, you're alleging something pretty serious here. Uh, so tell us about that. Why Why do you think it was arson? The ATF is already investigating it, and. There was no electricity in the building, Rob. There's no um, flammable materials whatsoever. Rags, liquids, nothing. And uh, according to the newspaper accounts, the people in the town were speaking together openly about burning me out. That's a pretty serious abrogation of uh, any American citizen's civil rights. And it actually warrants the FBI being called in as well as the ATF. Now, today, I was able to speak with Shelley, who's an aide to Governor Burgum. And because Wayne Stenyum made prejudicial comments against me on Halloween 2013, before I was a criminal, saying that he didn't want people like me in the state. Well, the only thing people like me believe is uh, I'm a white supremacist in the creativity religion. And white supremacy, and it is listed like that. They may think it's a generic term, white supremacy religion. No, it's listed in our text, or white supremacy. No, that's our religion. So uh, white supremacy is a religion of peace, you see. Now, there are the occasional people, just as in any religion. You know, there are many Christian murderers, many Muslim murderers, but uh, we don't like to be defamed because of a few few bad apples, so to speak. You see. Well, you you yourself yeah. were were put in jail after what happened in in Leith, right? I mean, you were you were convicted. Do you not? Do you think that was peaceful what you did in Leith? No, I've I've paid my uh, paid my except for one more year of probation. I paid my price for that. But you're segueing into something else that's rather a straw man argument. But since you bring it up, I will tell you that the Southern Poverty Law Center and the ARA Anti Racist Action was the founder of Unity ND. If you look up Tinley Park, Chicago on YouTube, Tinley Park Attack, T I N L E Y, that's where the leftist and anti racist action, the founders of Unity ND, went to a restaurant in a suburb of Chicago, attacked some old baby boomers so that they wore okay. ski masks. Well, there were between 12 and 18 of them. Wait, wait, they had hammers and baseball bats. Okay. About five well, people went to prison for three years. Wait, wait. Okay. Well, I'm. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm here, Craig, and I, I don't, I don't want to get too far off topic. I, I don't know anything about that situation. Maybe I can look into it later. I want, I want to, I want to stay. I'm asking who the who the attackers were. Okay. Well, I let's. Okay. So, so, so you do you think it was who? Who do you think burned the house down? I mean, who? Who in your mind burned now, the building? Originally, I did think anarchists were most likely, sir, but right now. Uh, I do believe that uh, it's most likely someone from Nome, and I'll tell you why, a few reasons. In fact, I have a primary suspect, in my opinion. But I will tell you, the men who were behind Alexis Wolf, I believe from a, sh a conversation I had with Sheriff McLaughlin this morning, this afternoon, this morning, on the cusp, 
I believe that those men were Nome residents, and they may well have been, in which, my opinion, which, the which same men are ones. You, which, which men are you talking about? I'm, I'm not sure who you're talking about. No one knows. No one knows, except the people in Nome. And they need to cough up the anarchists. Well, you, when you say when you say which men, I, I don't I don't understand who that is though. Well, well, let me explain. You may have seen the news reports, Rob, that said that two people don't it, myself and a woman by the name of Alexis Wolf. Well, here's the thing: Kevin Richmond, who I bought it from, the church, and Alexis Wolf were were paramours, so they broke up, right? So when I bought it, Mr. Richmond showed my paralegal a VeriSign document that he had satisfied her interest in the church. It's a private note, and he satisfied it. Now, she didn't have the character to go to the Barnes County Recorder and take her name off. Rather, she falsely insinuated uh, that she uh, still owned it. Well, in the sense that her name is still on the recordation, sure, but any judge would look at that VeriSign and it says here that you agreed that Kevin Richmond paid you off. So it's just the usual thing, lack of character. Okay, so so, thing, yeah. so so what what does that have to do with with the your, the building itself burning down? Well, as I say, Jerome uh, Jankowski, sir, who lived right behind me, he uh, he has been quoted in newspaper articles as saying that people in Nome were ta- openly talking about burning me out. Now, how many how many hoods do you, have you ever heard of that happening? Rob, <laughs> what your neighbors well, say? Say maybe we ought to burn him out. I yeah, mean, well, his his well, I, I I saw his comments in the media, and and they were. I mean, if people were talking like that, that that is certainly disturbing because as as repugnant as many people, including myself, find your social and political views, you don't deserve to have your property burned down. What were you planning on doing with the building? I mean, you've obviously in the past you've you've talked about wanting to to set up a some sort of an enclave for, for people who are like-minded, who, who see the say, world the same way you do. Is that what you had planned for Nome? No, actually, my first intention was this is a good opportunity. It's, uh, it had been vastly improved. There were Anderson windows in the bottom. Uh, concrete had been poured. Uh, there were egress windows that had been dug. The drainage was improved. There was electricity that was uh, had been put in, but it was not on. Let me emphasize that. It had 220, so you could put baseboard heaters. I was going to either flip the building, uh, rent rooms. I'm 65 years old. That's what old people do. Or as uh, w- one position was, if we got hassled enough by people because they cannot tolerate someone with a different religious viewpoint than theirs, contrary to uh, what we're constantly taught by media is the uh, norm in this country, in that case, I would become more uh, involved with my church. And finally, that's what I had to do. But in no case whatsoever does someone have the right to burn me out. And further, anyone who had heard talk of that, any good citizen, you know, you're always talking about the uh, uh, the propriety of, 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 the, of the, the great moral character of, of North Dakotans. I, if I would have heard that, I'll tell you, I would have picked up a phone and called the police right away. You ask my parole officer, I've gotten two people uh, jailed uh, on the East Coast, uh, two young blacks, for threatening to assassinate uh, President Trump. Personally, I've got him jailed, and I'm very proud of it. Do you do you feel so? I, you, you talked about getting more involved in your church. I mean, was that ultimately was that a possibility that you were going to bring other members from your church or from your movement to Nome to, to utilize that building? Well, yeah, but what happened was, you see, uh, Sheriff McLaughlin. In fact, he just told me that as a, in our conversation today. 
I said, why were you quoted in the press? Uh, they, you said that uh, the press said rather that you were trying to keep me from moving to town. He said, no, that's not correct. I was trying to find out if you had the right, if you owned that building, and if it could be made a church. So uh, I did talk to Reverend Nick Chappelle in South Dakota about it, and I talked to Reverend James Logston, who was the time, at the time was the head of the church. And uh, there was a great deal of interest in that, and I had the right to promulgate my religion. It was ruled a valid legal religion by federal judge Lynn Edelman in uh, June of 2002. Now, people don't like that. They, they, you see, they don't have any problem with Sharia law. Uh, they don't have any problem with all of that. They don't have, you know, listen, as, as I told them before, Jay-Z is a black supremacist. Jay-Z, the rapper, he and President Obama, ex-president, are best friends, according to them both, and they often would talk several times a day. Now, Jay-Z is a five percenter, and the five percenters well, I believe don't... that all... Well, Craig, I, Craig, well, oh, sure, I, and, 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 I, and, I, and I, I, under, I understand, Craig. I, I think you have a right to your point of view. I, I don't necessarily want to get into an in-depth discussion of it here on my radio show. But let me, let me, let me right. just ask you. Let me just ask you a final question. What's what's next for for you and Noam? I mean, what 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 is what does the future look like? You know, after this after this fire. Now, now, now I'm really, really interested in moving to Noam. I'll probably wait till after my. Uh, uh, at the risk of being murdered, because uh, th these people are unhinged, you see. Look, to have an orderly society, for one thing, you need rational thought. It needs to be something that's common and respected, and it is not there. And, and here's another thing in this country, including the people in Nome. Leftists say, say that, that our people exist only as a negative, and a more ridiculous assertion would be impossible to concoct. You know, we're a distinct and, and vital people, despite being uh, in this dystopia this, uh, 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 that's occurring in our country now. So I will move there, and I'll keep that lot, and I'll, I'll sue Alexis Wolf or win against her in court. She's lying. She has no right to that property except her name's on the recordation, which any judge is going to look at the verisign and say, you know, madam, you're going to pay court costs, you're going to pay Mr. Cobb's lawyer, and you're out of here. And that'll be that. But meanwhile, Mr. McLaughlin, Sheriff McLaughlin, should be calling in the FBI, and that's what I'm ask, uh, asking the governor to do, because he's in over his head. There are too many suspects. Uh, there's a long-standing uh, history in this state of gang-stalking me. The three people who came to Leith, Scott Patrick Garman was a convicted do you, bomber. Do you think, do you think Ron, real, 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 real quick, Craig, yeah. do, do you feel like you bring any yeah. of this on yourself with your provocative point of views? Well, you know, yeah, I do, and, and here's how I do. It's kind of like when a woman here in the one of these Nordic descended women in the summer wears around shorts and a and a t-shirt. It's kind of like that compared to somebody who practices Sharia law. You see, that's how I bring it on. The All same right. analogy, well, Craig. 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 I, again, I don't think anybody should be out destroying your property. You have the same property rights the rest of us do, but no, I don't. I, I, no, I, I, don't. I hope. I hope. I hope at some point. I hope at some point. I hope at some point you find some grace and, and maybe a little bit more understanding. Craig, thank you for your time. Appreciate it. More to come straight ahead. 701-293-9000, We'll wrap the show up right after this. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Report here on WDAY, 701 293 You got any comments or questions for the last uh, few minutes of the show? 
Well, Natil, what do you think after that interview? It, it's it's hard for me. It's like I said last week. It's it's especially hard for me because this happened in a place that hits so close to to yeah. hometown for me. I mean, Nome isn't my hometown, but it's not that far away from my hometown. And I went to high school with a girl from Nome, so I know it's, the area. Yeah. I know the people that live there, and I know that the social and political views that Mr. Cobb has don't fit with the community that's been built there and what i personally don't understand just beyond anything else in the in the world that's happened here is why craig cobb feels like he wants to insert himself into a community like this where his views are so disparaging from the views of the established community well there's uh, there's there's really no community in america where craig cobb's gonna find a majority of people thinking like him i, I mean it's, even it even a, if it's not a majority i i don't think that there's anyone in Nome who shares his socio-political it's, views it's, it's it's a very it's a very marginalized point of view there just aren't a lot of people in america who feel that way that being said, you know, it is it is deeply disturbing that apparently and according to news reports, Mr. Cobb did cite this correctly. There were there were people in the community who said that there was talk of burning the building down before it burned down. Uh, now, was that just talk? Was that just people? I, I, I don't know what that was. And, and know, you know, and- we, there, there's an ongoing investigation to get to the bottom of it. And. What worries me is is we cannot allow ourselves to get to a point, as disgusting as we might find Craig Cobb's point of view, it is uh, he he still doesn't deserve to have his building burned down. I, yeah, and I, I agree with you there. I don't I don't want to be misunderstood in that I, I don't yeah, think no, that of course not. arson's never an, is never the answer. Going through illegal activities isn't the answer to to the problem. There had to have been better ways to deal with the situation, but at the same time, I can I can understand the big talk. I mean, when people get upset about something, they talk big. They say things they don't mean. They talk about things that they would never really do. But then you end up in a situation like this, where yeah. the big talk something happened, and the big talk was maybe not just talk anymore. Uh, you know, we're we're gonna get an investigation, and the authorities are gonna are gonna get to the bottom of this hopefully and and we're going to find out who did it and whoever did it is is going to be held responsible assuming that somebody did do it i mean i guess uh, you know maybe maybe there's a maybe there's another explanation i don't know the you know let's let's let the authorities investigate that being said it, it might be a reminder that we should all perhaps be a little more precise and a little bit more careful in what we say not not to the point where you know, I, I, I want to limit anybody's free speech, but on the flip side, we are very, very quick to hyperbole in, in American politics today. We are very, very quick to deride people that, that disagree with us, even even people who are, are mainstream. I mean, you see accusations of racism and they hate women and they hate these people and they hate poor people and everything else thrown around pretty casually. Maybe we should be more careful about that. I can agree with you there, but I, I think that, you know, turning to hyperbole isn't anything new in no. the way that we communicate. What What is new is the ease with which we can record each other speaking. 
The fact of the matter is that pretty much anything you say anymore is not just for your ears and the ears you intended it for. There's always someone else listening. There's always a possibility well, you, you that... you put something on Facebook and you think you're just talking to a, a group of your friends. No, you're talking to you're, literally everybody. Everybody on the internet. You're talking to the world. You're talking to the world. Um, and I, I mean, I, I do. I, I think we should all try to be more careful. I think we should all try to be a little bit more precise. And listen, I don't... I don't want to. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't want to jump to the conclusion that Mr. Cobb's a victim. If he if his property was destroyed, then he is a victim. And boy, if somebody did that because they hate his point of view, why did you want to make Craig Cobb a martyr? Why did you want to do that? You didn't help. You didn't help. In fact, if it was arson, you committed a crime. Well, that's it. Jay Thomas show coming up next. I'll be sticking around for the first part of that. You can always catch me here Monday through Friday, 1 to 2 p.m. or 24 hours a day, seven days a week at sayanythingblog.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk again.